0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Marjorie Walkerton about how change impacts individuals mentally and emotionally, and how to break down resistance to change within organizations. Marjorie Workington, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to have the chance to talk with you today. We're going to be discussing something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is change. Change is ever-present in the world around us, and right now we're in the middle of this pandemic and recession, and there's lots of geopolitical um, dynamics going on Um, social strife and and angst and and all sorts of stuff humming around us just as a broader societal context. Um, And so we're experiencing change, I think, each and every day. Uh, But that change also impacts organizations and organizations are dealing with change and they're trying to figure out how to deal with a virtual workforce and to integrate new technologies and reach out to customers in new innovative ways. And there's just all of this change happening around us and so today we're going to be talking about how change impacts us um, individually and collectively, uh, mentally and emotionally, um, and how we can break down barriers and resistance to change within organizations. Um, As we get started, I just wanted to share Marjorie's bio with the listeners Marjorie Warkington is an author, speaker, and mentor who has spent most of her working career as a nurse in a healthcare setting. Marjorie has also been a trailblazer in many areas of her life, one being the main income earner for her household, providing for her husband and three children, uh, way before that was a common situation. She also started running marathons in her 50s, which inspires others to do the same. That is so cool. Uh, Marjorie is a lifelong learner with a passion for connecting theory to practical applications that lead to transformation. With her wealth of experience and broad perspective on life, she is able to share her wisdom in accessible and inspiring ways. As a woman that has a heart wired to care for others, you can also find her spending time giving back to her community. Uh, What a great background and bio, um, and what an honor to have the chance to talk Mm -hmm. with you. And I love, I love the part of your bio where it talks about connecting theory to practical applications that lead to transformation, because I think that's what we all need to be doing um, all the time. You know, I'm a, I I consider myself a scholar practitioner. Mm -hmm. I'm a professor. You know, I do, I do the university teaching and I do, I do like, I, I really do some esoteric research, you know, and I publish in academic journals and, you know, that, that has its role, that has its impact. Um. But where I really try to focus my attention is on that practical application, theory to practice to transformation. That's the key. That's what we need in this world. That's
1: all that counts. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. All the theory in the world is useless if it doesn't make a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we get started, is there anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of personal background?
1: I think you pretty much covered it. On a personal note, I will say that I have been experiencing exactly what we're going to be talking about today, because when I launched my book in February, I had visions of speaking engagements and book signings and going to retreats and having this in-person time with, with my readers. And of course, that hasn't happened. And so I would like to share that it's been a huge adjustment for me to to switch to the the virtual world of of, um sharing the good news of my book and what what i'm about what my values are and doing that in a way that is often quite lonely and i don't really know where it's going so i'm delighted to actually see you face to face today and have this conversation so that that's been a journey for me i'm energized by groups by time with people and it's been challenging
0: yeah, it, it's an interesting time, a challenging time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I think of just like my my own household and my wife and I both are professors and and work from home um during COVID. And uh, my kids, I have six children, they're all um grades second through um eleventh. And so they're all in mm-hmm. you know, doing school from home. Wow. And and so it's wow. just it's just a full household um where we're all trying to navigate this together mm-hmm. and some some yeah. days. Some days we're more patient with each other than others, um, but we're certainly trying. But there's just, there's anxieties, there's stresses, there's just all of that that's hanging out there that we all get to deal with. And that's just part of life right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I hear you.
0: Yeah. Well, so I know you do a lot of work where you talk uh, about the mental and emotional um, kind of impacts uh, from all the change that we face. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping maybe we can start there. Okay. Um, and if you can share a little bit of, of what you've seen both in your healthcare background, um, but mm-hmm. also in your, in your mentoring coaching type of work, mm-hmm. you know, what are the types of things that people are dealing with? Um, or rather not the types of things they're dealing with, but the, the types of responses, the types yeah. of, right. um, coping okay. mechanisms, the, t- the types of, um, ways that they're dealing with, um, the change in their lives, both mentally and emotionally?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is that, and this is a trite quote, and it's so true, that, that, that change is, is inevitable. Now, that's always been that way. And, and now it's, it's just right in front of our faces. Like, it's, it's, it, there's no getting away from it. And the the thing that I am aware of from my own experience and also from from working with with teams, healthcare leaders, is that different people have different ways of responding to change. And so one of the things I did in my workshops and things was kind of a baseline, getting to know what, what is a personality like and there are people who thrive on change they they really like the adventure of something new happening and then there are others who fear it and who just all they want is control and what i'm noticing in this time of global change and and there's so many so many stresses politically and um, structurally uh, financially emotionally with marriage and partners and children you mentioned that There's, there's, um, even those people who love change are finding it challenging. And I think the bottom line is that it's a sense of uh, lack of control. There's just, I have no control over anything. Now, again, that's nothing new. That's true, no matter what is happening in the world. But right now, it's becoming so evident. And so I think a resistance to change is don't tell me what to do. Don't, 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 don't bring more stress into my life. I liked having my office in the corner of where we had our business. I want to be there. I don't want to work with my children underfoot. I don't want to have to set up a computer at home. I just want to have comfort. I want to know what's certain. And of course, that's, that's one of the things that's not possible right now. I think the other thing a lot of leaders want to have that team connection if they're really looking at at how teams work well together. And if there isn't a sense of camaraderie and connection, respect for each other, chances are there's not going to be that synergy and productivity that we're all looking for. And that's very challenging in this time of of Zoom meetings and virtual calls and how do we even really stay connected? So I, I feel for leaders at this time. I'm not active in the workplace right now, and i'm imagining if i would have had to give up my in person workshops and my leadership team meetings and that even one on one conversation with challenges that people are having i i think that's that's one of the things that's causing resistance right now is it's it's just plain hard
0: yeah yeah it is and and i think you're absolutely right you know in with regards to human nature you know, we like stability. We like predictability. We like control. We like, um, you know, we like to at least have the mirage of thinking we know what's <laughs> exactly, coming. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's yeah. it's never it's never been the case. Like we never actually know what the future will hold, but we yeah. do kind of get lulled into a sense of of comfort, yeah. you know, yeah. Through, yeah. through through certainty or at least. Yeah. You know, yeah, faux yeah. certainty. You know, yeah. and so I think I think most people do prefer to live life that way. They they like they, they like predictability and certainty. Now, not everybody, and some people yeah. truly, you know, just they love the adventure and they embrace you know everything. <laughs> yeah. But but that th- those types of people are probably much fewer and far between. And so so I think we're constantly dealing with just the the innate human um, survival instincts. You know that we have um and we we want to be able to, to yeah, make yeah. it make it through the, these yeah. difficult times and, yeah. and and safely yeah and so it's it 's difficult um and so you know whether it 's at home whether it 's in our neighborhoods in our communities in the workplace, mm-hmm. I think that 's what we 're up against when when change is afoot, and that can be big societal changes like we 're dealing with right now, but that can also be you know even relatively small. Organizational changes, you know, a shift in policy, a new product or service, bringing a new person onto the, the mm-hmm. team in the workplace, yeah. whatever, um, we're always dealing with those types of change.
1: One of the things that I think has helped me in my, in my journey of, of approaching change is I know my personality is such that I want to be part of the process. And I can remember when I was working in, in the healthcare system, if I was just told, oh, this is a new policy, or by the way, this is what's happening, I had huge resistance. I, I, I just thought, it's not like I didn't necessarily want to do the change. I just want to be part of the process. And I don't think I'm alone in that. And so as a leader, if a person can be aware as much as possible, including the the team and in, in some of the process, now I realize some things are, are not able to be shared at certain times, then just say that, okay, I've got, this is all I know, this is what I can share with you, we're, we're let's do this together. And so there's a respect for the... Um, the intelligence and the willingness. So imagining that my team actually is willing to go in this direction, not making up a story that they're resistance and labeling them as problems. And maybe they have some gifts that they can bring to the process of change. If I, as a leader, am willing to ask them, look for it and and look for what I want more of rather than just focusing on the problems and the resistance. I think labeling is a huge disservice no matter who we are as a parent as a leader as a office manager it doesn't matter so being curious what's really going on what how much can I share that transparency I think it's not always possible I get it and often there's a lot of a lot of hidden agendas that don't have to be that's
0: (laughs) that's the thing I I'm a big proponent you know of of the general principle of, of transparency and over communication And I think most of the time, not always, sometimes there's legitimate reasons to not be more transparent. But most of the time, when an organization, when leaders try to make justifications for not being more transparent, Mm -hmm. it it actually is because of those hidden agendas and personal agendas Mm -hmm. and kind of the backroom politicking. And it has really nothing to do with what would actually be most useful or successful for the organization or the people. So I, you know, as a general rule, I think we need to push ourselves towards more communication, more transparency when it comes to change initiatives within an organization. Mm -hmm. And I think you're absolutely right that employees want to be involved To some extent, I I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and not everyone wants to be involved at a super high level, but people want to be informed at a minimum, and they and they want to be involved in the process. And so, as long as you make a good faith effort to involve people and to have discussions and to be transparent, I think most people, even though they don't like change, even though they'd like things to stay the same, if you can explain the why to them and really Mm -hmm. share with them and help them understand why this is important. And then most people will come around.
1: think, Yeah. The other piece that just came up, if I can interrupt you here, is the idea for me of accepting what I can't change. Now, that's a really hard one for me. And I think there's times, whether it's in the workplace or in my home life or with my relationship with my husband, if I focus on what I can control, then there's a sense of, of ease and I'm not spinning my wheels trying to, it shouldn't be this way. That's That's one of my, downfalls as soon as I hear myself saying that I think okay it's time to step back what what do I really want and can I take steps for that and sometimes it's just my attitude really Jonathan that can change I think for me part of it also is seeing the change as what if there's what if there's some adventure that lies around the corner with this change I don't know that yet and and for me in my personal life and I talk about this in my book some of the changes I made professionally I I I had, I'm so happy now that those changes happened. I didn't know it at the time. And so to have faith and trust that, okay, maybe this isn't all bad. Like there's, there's maybe something that, that will come out of this, that I can learn a new skill or I find a new friend or I can, I can actually rise to the challenge and see myself as living my life as a, as a person who has control and is creative rather than a victim.
0: Yeah. I really, I really like the idea of focusing on our kind of sphere of influence. What's within yeah. our control. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, there's just simply, I mean, there's so much that's outside of our control and it, it perhaps it comes back to what we were discussing earlier in human nature. Um, we like control. We like predictability. We like certainty. Mm-hmm. The reality is the world at large, the external environment is not predictable. No, it's not no. certain. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't control it. But we do have a sphere of influence. We do have a, a sphere within which we do have more control. And so sometimes dealing with change and the emotional and uh, the psychological um, components of of that change will actually be better when when we just kind of let the other stuff go the stuff that we have no control over the stuff a that huge it, relief yeah the stuff that's anxiety inducing mm-hmm. you know we i can't i can't solve hung, world hunger but i can focus on my family right and perhaps if 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 things are good in my family i can focus on my neighborhood my community or whatever um, but but we start with what we can control and then we build from there and that will allow us then to be more the influence grounded. Grows. And then the influence grows. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. So as you're talking, I'm also reminded of the importance of setting boundaries for myself. And it's another area. It's very dear to my heart because I grew up as a helper and I said yes to everybody. I was just willing. I wanted to please. And I'm learning that if I'm not saying yes to myself truly, then then it means nothing. And so sometimes a no is actually a yes to myself and so I think for and it ties in with what do I have control over and so there's times I'm asked to do child care for my grandchildren and I have things planned and I say no and my children my adult children have learned that when I say yes it's a full body yes it's not a, a guilt provoking yes oh if I have to and that's been a, a tough one. And I don't think it's maybe women have more struggles with it than men. I don't know that we do. I think it's a, a life lesson to really become self-aware and to be proud and brave and courageous enough to take care of ourselves. And then to, to um, I think, say, you know what, I need some help. That's the other thing I wanted to mention. A leader who is willing to say, you know what, this is tough for me too. I'm getting a coach working with me i've got some books i'm reading anyone interested we're we're this is a this is like a a whole new exploratory journey and we can't do it without help and then for me the joy of receiving and the gift exchange that happens when i receive help graciously say thank you and don't undermine what what i can do or what someone has given
0: me yeah yeah i think one of the best things we can do particularly during times of turmoil, high anxiety and stress, whether that's at home in our community or in the workplace, is to surround ourselves with like-minded people that are willing to support each other, right? And so, and when I say like-minded, I'm not saying we need to be a monolith, like we need everyone around us just like us, but I'm saying people who share in purpose, right, and mission. And so if we're in in the organization, we're within the workplace and we're say I'm a leader and I'm trying to deal with the stresses and and everything around COVID and how to help my team be successful, but largely work remotely, you know, or whatever, attack on on all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, to the extent that I feel like I have a trusted team, a team of people that um, Mm -hmm. appreciate and respect each other, who will support each other, that is a much heavier lift for me as a leader in that kind of a situation, especially if I'm rolling out new policies, new yeah. changes, new yeah. systems, new processes. Um, but if I'm a leader that doesn't have that support or I'm a team member where I don't feel like I have that support, that changes the dynamic completely. Yeah. And now it, it, it's going to reduce your, the likelihood of that individual either being open and willing to embrace the change mm-hmm. or being able to psychologically, emotionally, um, to deal with it in a in a mm-hmm. productive way,
1: yeah, and so what I hear you saying too is is normalizing the fact that that people may need extra support emotionally or mentally or physically or financially during this time, particularly, and to have that be a gift. That that's something that we we are willing to talk about. It's not a shameful thing. It's not a deep dark secret that so and so is going to see a therapist or whatever. It's it's. I mean, it's their story to tell. Don't get me wrong. At the same time, to to find ways to um, acknowledge that really what's happening is is the in the uncertainty and the lack of of, of um, control is just being being showcased in a way that never was until now in quite the same way and this is when I think the people who haven't perhaps spent time working on ways to manage their anxiety groundedness call it what you will then then they're floundering and those who have taken time for self-care meditation perhaps maybe finding a group that supports them reading certain books are actually in a, in a position to be a support and to model a grounded lifestyle. It's some, um, I'm very aware of that in my work and in my own life.
0: Yeah. Uh, great, great thoughts. Great tips. Mm-hmm. Well, Marjorie, it really has been a pleasure talking <laughs> with you. The time has flown. By. I know,
1: I know. Is that it? Do we have to quit?
0: It, it, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, our time draws uh, close to a close, but you know, perhaps we can continue this discussion another time because it's a really vital. It's a really important one. Mm-hmm. But I, I do hope listeners will consider what kind of self-care are you doing um, to deal, you know, with the, immer- the emotional um, strain mm-hmm. right now? Okay. Um, how do you respond to change um, both at home and in the workplace? And as a leader, what do you do to support those people that you lead that aren't part of your team? Mm-hmm. As they're responding to change I hope these are the types of questions we're asking ourselves 100%. and thinking through uh, Marjorie before we close today I want to give you the last word and give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can get connected with you uh, and find out more about what you're doing
1: thank you I have no speaking events to announce. (laughs) I am um, quite active in in podcast interviews and uh, guest blog posts. And so my website is the best way for people to to learn more about me, marjorieworkington.com. And also I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I have a, a business page there, inspiredjourney.com. And I, I would love to hear from people. And this, this brings me a lot of joy to have this conversation with you and to realize that there's many of us who are really wanting to, to live a life that's not filled with victim and anger and resistance, rather joy and peace and courage. That's, that's my hope for our listeners.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. That's my hope too. Um, Mm -hmm. It has been a real pleasure talking with you, Marjorie. And I hope everyone uh, will consider reaching out to Marjorie, get connected, uh, find out more of what she can do to help you. Mm -hmm. I hope everyone will continue to be healthy and safe and that we can all find meaning and purpose Mm
1: -hmm. in
0: our work and in our journey each and every day. And I hope everyone has a great week. Thank you. Thank you. We are excited to announce the launch of Human Capital Innovation's new e-magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. We hope you'll check out our first issue And please let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.